Welcome back to the Bristos Made a Baby podcast, season three, baby number three. I am your host, Becca. I am here with my lovely husband, Matt. We are together pretty much 24-7 between working, parenting, our two little girls, making our 1800s farmhouse our own. And trying to live our best, healthiest lives. We are so excited for this new season of life and to bring you guys along the journey for baby number three. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Bristos Made a Baby podcast. I am your host, Becca, and I am flying solo today without my husband, Matt. At least I'll be solo for just a little while, because today, in this episode, we are going to have our very first guest on to share her birth story, and I am so excited for you guys to hear that. It is such a crazy birth story. It's a very inspiring birth story, and I just loved every second of it. Lots of details, all the you know, juicy details of birth and leading up and labor and all of that good stuff, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear that, but we will get to that in just a minute. Before we dive into that birth story, I wanted to first kind of share a little bit with you guys about week 14. So... In week 14, let's see, baby is the size of a peach. So we've got a little peach in there. I feel like we've kind of graduated from the little small fruits like strawberries and raspberries. And we're now kind of getting to like a significant size, which just makes it feel all the more more real. Um, Okay, so week 14, I don't want to say that week 14 was the turning point because it certainly wasn't, but week 14 was when the fog started to lift. Like all of my symptoms just started to ease up a bit and I really started to have like some really good days and then like some not so great days, Um, which just felt really good. It just feels so good to not just be inundated or completely bogged down all the time (laughs) with feeling sick. Um, and just all the feelings of guilt that come along with that, with just feeling like you can't participate enough and feeling like you can't pull your weight and just all these things. But, you know, you're also building a human. So there's a lot going on that you can't (laughs) necessarily see that's super important as well. Um, but one symptom that kind of popped up this week was dizziness. So I actually, in my, um, app, I use the bump app. That's what I've used for all of my um, pregnancies. In the app, it actually said dizziness could start around this time. Um, And I actually never, or maybe I did, I don't know, but it said that the cause of it is because your progesterone, I think it was progesterone levels are so high, it dilates your blood vessels so you can get more blood to the baby. But because of that, your blood pressure goes down, which can make you feel a little bit dizzy. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Now, in my last pregnancy, I had a lot of dizziness. In hindsight, um, I think that I was probably not um, supplementing with iron enough. I think that I suspect that I was low. Um, I was going to have my iron like retested towards the end of my pregnancy, but I never got there because Hadley surprised us and was born, you know, a little over two weeks early. Um, so I don't actually know where my iron was at, but I do think that, like looking back, I suspect from my, you know. RD standpoint, I suspect that I was maybe a little bit iron deficient or just maybe not at a level that I really needed. Um, so I think that probably contributed, but also I was just 
kind of a stress ball in my last pregnancy and did not want to slow down, even though my body was like screaming at me to slow down all the time. And I just pushed through a lot of that. And so the side effect of that, the major side effect of that for me, once I was like no longer sick, was dizziness and I was dizzy a lot. So this pregnancy, I'm trying to be so much more mindful. If I start feeling like I'm getting to that point, I just, I stop, I like pretty much discontinue whatever I'm working on. Um, or if I'm playing with the girls, I'll be like, I just need to sit down, you know, and kind of take a chill pill while we're hanging out here. Um, I can't be like running around or sitting on the floor, which is really uncomfortable, you know, things like that. So I'm just trying to be super mindful of that. And I can say, cause I'm actually my 16th week as I'm filming this or recording this. And, um, that seems to really be helping. Um, how about that? Imagine that. Um, but anyway, so a little bit of dizziness starting to set in. Um, so hopefully we can, I can manage that pretty well moving forward. I have written down here, good days and bad, good days and bad days. End of the week, I had my best day yet. So feeling my best. Um, really this week I started to feel pretty normal throughout the day, which was wonderful. And then really that sickness would kind of set in towards the late afternoon, evening. By the time the girls are going down for bed, I feel pretty nauseous and I just want to lay down on the couch. Um, But that, I mean, to have a huge chunk of my day where I feel pretty normal and have energy and I don't feel nauseous is like, I will take it. Oh my God, it's such a relief. Um, I also wrote down, um, which I hadn't, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but always need a second dinner at night. (laughs) And what I mean by this is, at dinner time, as usually I feel pretty sick um, and I can't like eat a ton. So I'll have like a small-ish dinner and then like an hour and a half, two hours, maybe two and a half hours later, I am like hungry. And I, if I go to bed, if I were to go to bed hungry, I would be even more sick. So having some food in my stomach really helps me. I also just clearly if I'm hungry, my body needs the calories. So um, I usually end up like eating a second portion of dinner at like eight o'clock at night, <laughs> um, just because I, I just seem to need it. Um, so speaking of dinner and cooking this week, week 14 was the week that I really kind of got back into the kitchen and started to cook again, which felt so, so good. I love to cook. I enjoy it, but I also just really love making healthy food for my family. Like when I am super sick and we were ordering so much takeout, I just, I just hate doing that. I really do. And I understand that it's a season and it passes and it's so short term and it is what it is. Um, and I, you know, understand all of that, but it still doesn't make it any more fun for me. Like I just, I feel guilty about it. I hate that we're doing that. I also just feel like even more crappy eating takeout food all the time. Um, now Matt would cook, you know, it wasn't like we were like takeout 24 seven. Um, but you know, he, his repertoire of meals is not quite as, um, diverse as mine. So a lot of like pasta and things like that, which we would get like, you know, sick of. So we would just end up ordering a lot of takeout and it was just like, not, not my favorite. So being able to get back in the kitchen and like, be able to like be on my feet to cook a whole meal is like such a small victory and it just feels really good. And the food just tastes so much better. It's funny with takeout, me and Matt were talking about this. It always sounds so like, Ooh, let's just get takeout. Like, it sounds like 
sexy and fun and like, oh yeah, like we don't have to cook. You almost feel like a little bit bad. Like, yeah, we're going to get takeout. It's never, it's just never as good. It really, it, it just never lives up to the expectation. It's almost like, like with, with dieting, like when you're like, oh, well, these foods are off limits. Like these are bad. Maybe I shouldn't be thinking about takeout in that way, but, um, I just, you know, I'd rather cook for myself. So to me, it's like, eh. but it's almost because it's like off limits and bad. It just makes it seem so much better. And then when you actually are eating it like out of a plastic container, it's like, this is just not good. Like <laughs> a home cooked meal would taste a million times better, even if it were more simple or even if it were something that like I can't necessarily make at home. Like it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't taste as good. So huge, huge, huge win being able to get back in the kitchen and start cooking again, breakfast and dinner. And then lunch, we always just kind of figure out, um, I don't necessarily like cook a lunch every day. Um, so that's kind of like how week 14 went. Things are getting better. Things are getting a little bit easier. I'm starting to get back to my normal self. I'm not quite there yet, but like the light is at the end of the tunnel. I can see it and I am like charging forward towards it. And that alone just gives me so much energy to like push through this last leg of feeling sick because it's, you're no longer hopeless. Um, even though in like the depths of feeling super sick, I know it's going to end. I've been through this multiple times. I know how it goes, but it's still just so mentally daunting just to sit back and think, man, I am not going to like not feel this way for weeks. Like there's a, it's just a long time until I'm going to feel like a normal person, like my normal self again. And that is just a lot to, to take on. Um, so anyway, really started to see the light at the end of the tunnel this week. I did notice one new symptom. Um, so I am still nursing Hads, Hadley, and luckily, like my, through my whole first trimester, I had like no breast tenderness. My nipples weren't sore or anything like that, which is a huge blessing because nursing multiple times a day, and then I usually nurse her once overnight. If your boobs hurt, like it's just another thing. You just, you know, it's just another thing to add to the, the uh, difficulties. And luckily I did not have that. But this week that kind of started to change. My nipples are... <clears throat> officially sore <laughs> and they kind of hurt. It hurts when she latches on. Um, she's also kind of a biter, like not too much to the point where, you know, I would ever consider like stopping. I probably wouldn't even do that anyway, but, um, and she's getting teeth now. So it's just like a little, like, Oh, it's a little, a little bit stressful. And, um, it just hurts a little bit just when she latches on. So it's not a huge deal, but anyway, so that is week 14 in a nutshell, a little recap for you guys. Now we are going to switch gears and I am going to have my friend Marta come on and share her birth story with you guys. I'm going to leave her Instagram handle. Um, it's Marta Anderson. There might be an underscore in there. I'm going to leave it down below for you guys in the show notes. So you guys can go over to Instagram and follow her there. She is one of my really good friends. Um, and she has a really incredible birth story. And when I was thinking about how I wanted to have women come on the podcast this season and share their birth stories, like maybe specifically kind of in this natural birth in a hospital setting, um, realm. She was the first person I thought of. She has a beautiful story. It's kind of crazy. And I found it so inspiring to listen to. She's just such a strong mama and she's been through a lot, um, with her health and 
it all kind of came to a head in her pregnancy and she just dealt with a lot. So you guys will hear all about that. It's a really, really fascinating, beautiful, inspiring story. So without further ado, let's introduce you to my friend, Marta. All right, guys. So I'm here with our very first guest on the podcast. It's my good friend, Marta, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her today. So we are in real life friends who actually met on the internet. (laughs) Um, So we do the Young Living business together. So that's how we met. And we've known each other for a few years now. And she is a mom of the sweetest, chunkiest little boy named Soren. (laughs) He is like so cute and so giant and just so squishy. And he's adorable. So I'm going to have her tell her whole birth story today. She has got kind of a crazy story, you guys. And she is one of those moms who ended up having a natural birth in a hospital where that was not necessarily her original plan. So I don't want to give away any more details. So I'm just going to let Marta jump in and share her story with you guys. Okay. First of all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for me. This is so fun. Um, Okay. So I'm just going to dive right in. So, um, we, when we found out we were pregnant, um, I knew I wanted to have an unmedicated birth. And so we chose a birth center with a midwife that we absolutely loved. Um, and I was under their care for about 20 weeks. Um, at 20 weeks, we went for our anatomy scan and they kind of found something a little bit concerning, but they were not sure what it was, um, not with the baby, but with me. Um, and so they sent me over the next couple of weeks for an abdominal ultrasound and then an MRI. Um, wow. And it ended up being a large ovarian cyst um, that had extended into my abdomen. It's crazy. So, wild. <laughs> Um, also side note, having an MRI when you're like 23 weeks pregnant. Yeah. How does that work? Do you fit in the machine? I mean, (laughs) was it close? It it was so wild. I am not somebody who deals with like issues with claustrophobia, but it was very challenging mentally for me. Um, it was also really long. It was like 50 minutes or something that I was in. Um, but yeah, being pregnant and like not really being able to breathe very well on top of that and right. laying on your for that long and then close. Yeah, it was just, yeah, that was hard. <laughs> but that's yeah. behind us. Oh. We're, you know, we're we're good now. But anyway, <laughs> that was a wild experience. Um and so from there, um, after they had diagnosed me with this large ovarian cyst. Um, I was risked out of our birth center. And so I was pretty quickly connected with a team of maternal fetal medicine doctors and an OB at one of the best hospitals around here. Um, We just had such good recommendations and referrals um, that we were just sent to a really amazing place. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, So this was really difficult because all of a sudden I had to really, I don't know, grieve 
the birth that I had hoped for mm-hmm. that I spent 20 plus weeks planning for, um, dreaming about and yeah. And I had been also like envisioning like which room in the birth center that I could be in. And I was just, I was just all in. <laughs> and so <laughs> I really had to take time and give myself a lot of grace while I grieved that, um, type of birth. And also like the connection that I had made with the midwife up to that point and mm-hmm. just everything that had made me feel really comfortable, um, kind of felt out of control at that point. And because I was being, you know, sent to a hospital, which, you know, that was not my first choice, um, sent to doctors who I didn't know, you know, I didn't know who they were. I didn't choose them. So that was a stretching experience for me. I think that there is an art to surrender and I definitely haven't perfected it, but <laughs> who has? Pregnancy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who has? But pregnancy certainly gave me the opportunity to strengthen that muscle. Mm-hmm. And this was kind mm-hmm. of like my first opportunity to do that. Um, so I was really taking time to grieve the birth that I had pictured and that I had hoped for. Um, the birth center like had huge tubs and I was really hoping to at least labor in the tubs. Um, but then I found out that the hospital had tubs in about half of their labor and delivery rooms. So that was something that I started focusing on and hoping for and praying for that I could be in one of those rooms. Um, and I was doing my best to control the things that I could control and then kind of let go of all of the things that I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really had to adjust my expectations with all of that and then just really prepare. I'm somebody who, when I'm prepared, I feel so much less worried or anxious. Um And so I really took time to like, we couldn't take a tour of L&D just because of the current situation, Mm. but they have like, you know, a virtual tour online. So you better believe that I like studied that, (laughs) got to know the rooms and stuff that I could like picture everything. That's like so, so helpful for me because I'm such a visual person. Mm -hmm. So I took time to do that. Um, Anyway, so I, um, was like mentally preparing for labor and birth and also decided that like, if I was going into this hospital situation, I would really need to advocate for what I wanted, um, because there were some things that I knew might look different than at the birth center. So like a couple examples for me personally were telling my OB that I wanted an alternative way to test for gestational diabetes. And like, I didn't want cervical exams leading up to my due date and those things. So just being really vocal about those things, um, so that she could kind of get to know me (laughs) and also that we be on the same page, like set that precedent Uh, of like, (laughs) I'm not just going to show up. Like I have, I have desires. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And also like, I just, you know, they, you know, I'm so grateful and I had a wonderful team. Um, but also 
you know, regardless of whether you hire a midwife or you hire, you know, an OB, you hire them, they work for you and Mm -hmm. you have a voice and you can, you can, um, voice your opinions and you can ask questions and you can tell them what you want and then make a decision from there. Um, and I think that I learned a lot about that through this whole process, uh, which I'm really thankful for. So, I was determined to have a low intervention birth, even in a hospital setting. Um, We didn't know exactly what to expect because of the cyst. Um, So a C-section was a definite possibility. And they kept telling me that depending on how the pregnancy went, how the baby was growing, um, as long as the cyst was stable. I mean, there were a lot of factors, but I was hoping so hard for a vaginal delivery, low intervention, unmedicated, but I knew that there was um, a realm of other possibilities. So um, fast forward to about 35 weeks, literally all of my doctors were shocked that I was still pregnant. (laughs) And I would go to 40 weeks. I did. Oh my God. You're a rock star. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) Um, and I mean, we had been told that like, if I can make it to 36, that's huge because they were really worried that I would go into preterm labor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I was like prepared with, you know, NICU information. I had like armed myself with information on that. And I, I mean, we had just kind of tried to get ready for any scenario. Um, so fast forward again to 39 weeks. (laughs) Everyone was really shocked at that point. Um, and I went in for an appointment with my OB, just like a normal 39 week appointment. And she, and also an ultrasound that day with my MFMs and she and the maternal fetal medicine doctors agreed that everything looked stable, um, that the baby looked good still. And Um, I told my OB flat out, I want to avoid a medical induction if possible. And knowing, I should say that they really weren't going to let me go much past 40 weeks, just because Mm. of everything going on in my abdomen, the size of the cyst with the baby. Um, I think it was at my, I want to say my 36 week appointment, um, the maternal fetal medicine doctor that day told me that I was basically, which I, I don't know if I should be offended by this, but he basically told me that, um, my belly was the size of a full-term mom carrying triplets. Oh my God. Yeah. <gasps> so breathing was hard. <laughs> Moving was hard. I was basically on modified bed rest for the yeah. last weeks plus of my pregnancy. Anyway. Um, and you're like, and I only got one baby out of this. Come on. <laughs> I know <laughs> all that work. Yeah. All that work for, for one, uh, um, but he's, he's a special little boy, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so because of all of that, I just, she had said, my OB had said that there was 
no way that they were letting me go much past 40. Um, but I told her that I really, really wanted to avoid a medical induction. She agreed that since everything looked good at my 39 week appointment, I could wait till 40 weeks. So I set an appointment for 40 weeks and one day for a membrane sweep. Mm. Um, and my goal and my hope was to get things started naturally before then. Um, so at this point that was like about a week away and I was like, okay, time to like get to work. I need Mm -hmm. to do all the things. So I had been seeing a Webster certified chiropractor for my entire pregnancy, which I honestly think helped so much with positioning for the baby, um, my pelvis, just all of it, like not only helped with like the pain and pregnancy, but also I truly think it helped with labor and birth. Um, yeah, I, I can't advocate enough for that as well. It's the best. And it just feels so good to me. Uh-huh, it <laughs> like, does. Yeah. You feel like you got a massage when you walk having, out. Yeah. Having a belly <laughs> massage. Like yeah. it's just the best. <laughs> <laughs> so I had also been doing stuff that my doula had taught us how to do like sideline releases and like a lot of curb walking. This was literally like in hundred degree wet weather in the middle of the summer. So the curb walking was like either like eight 30 in the morning or like after dinner at night, because it was scorching hot. And I was way too pregnant to be out in the sun walking yeah. curb because I literally like couldn't breathe after five. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was just doing all the things, but I also know that if your body's not ready, your body's not ready. So again, just kind of surrendering to that while doing the things that I could control. Um, so my membrane sweep was scheduled for a Tuesday morning and the Friday before I started losing my mucus plug. Um, but no, literally like the best thing in the world that I had ever, like, I was just excited. Yeah. Which is gross. No, no, it's not it's not gross. I have to tell you, cause with, with Hayden, I was like almost 42 weeks pregnant and I had an induction pending Okay. and I was f- kind of freaking out. And literally like in the morning I saw like just the tiniest little like red dot in the toilet. Cause I'd like peed in the middle of the night, <laughs> literally without even thinking, I snatched it out of the toilet bowl. Like like just reached right in there. And I was like, this is a mucus plug. Oh my God. And then I re- realized after I grabbed it, I was like, okay, wait, that was foul. I can't believe I just did that, <laughs> but you're it's so desperate. Exciting. Yeah. It's very, yeah. yeah it's very exciting. <laughs> it's real, I understand that completely. Oh. So I didn't have any bloody show with mine on that Friday. So I had like told my doula and I had texted like one of my best friends and I was like, well, what does this mean? And basically they said like, don't get your hopes up too much. Like labor could literally start in a couple hours or it could be like another week. So I was like, okay, that's not very encouraging. Um, but I continued losing pieces of it throughout the weekend. And then, um, oh, I should say that I had prodromal labor for about two weeks from like 38 weeks to 40 weeks, which is just, that just messes with your mind because Mm -hmm like it's exhausting on your body, but then also like mentally the last couple of weeks of pregnancy are hard in general. I feel like physically and mentally and you're like, okay, maybe this is it, but then it's not, then your body's exhausted and like everything just kind of hurts and you're so ready to meet your baby. And so anyway, I was just, 
I was feeling pretty ready at that point. Yeah. Um, but I continued losing pieces of the mucus plug throughout the weekend. And then Monday at 5.45, I woke up to the most con- intense contraction that I had felt yet. Um, and Monday was my due date. So I was like, surely this is not going to happen on my due date, but like, I'll take the contraction. This is very exciting. Um, and the contraction felt very different. I knew it wasn't like a Braxton Hicks. It just felt different. Um, so I got out of bed, I got hot shower and just kind of stood under the water and swayed back and forth. Um, and the contractions kind of continued, but they were so far apart, like probably 15 to 25 minutes. And I could still easily breathe through them, like talk through them. Um, my husband came in like probably 40 minutes later. I was just standing there for a while because it felt good, especially on my back. But he came in like 40 minutes later because he realized I wasn't in bed. And I told him to just like go back to sleep because the contractions were far apart. And I was just... I was managing them fine. And at least one of us should be sleeping. Right. Yeah. Rest (laughs) all you can. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the morning went on and my contractions probably continued like 15 to 25 minutes apart, still like super manageable, basically just felt like bad period cramps at that point. Um, And I had an appointment already scheduled with my chiropractor at 11. So we went like late morning and she felt um, the baby's position in my belly. And she said that he was much lower than he had been the week before and said really confidently, he's ready. (laughs) Like, okay, I really want to believe you, but my sweep is scheduled for like 24 hours from now. And I'm not confident that I'm going to go into labor spontaneously at this point. Like today's my due date, which I know that most first time moms go well beyond their due date. And I know that just like, I was so mentally done at that point and I was not very hopeful. (laughs) So I was like, like, I want to believe you, (laughs) but I, I, I don't know. You're like, that's nice. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad you're confident. (laughs) Yeah. That must be nice for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we got home and I contract, like basically my contraction stopped altogether. So I was like, okay, this is (laughs) wonderful. So mid afternoon, I texted my doula kind of out of desperation asking what else I could do to encourage labor. And she sent me like a whole list of things that I could do. Most of which I had been doing. Um, but again, like also I knew that if my body wasn't ready, there was literally nothing that could change that. So I was kind of holding that loosely, um, as I did these things. So fast forward to later in the afternoon at four 30, I told my husband that I was so tired that I was going to go lay down and then I was going to have a snack. (laughs) I got in bed and I kid you not almost immediately after laying down, I had the most intense contraction. And about five seconds later, my water broke. No way. Yeah. It wasn't like a gush, like you see in the movies, but it was like very clear that it was like a steady leak. Um, and it was very obvious that that's what it was because I yeah, almost you're like I didn't pee myself so no yeah no that's kind of what I thought first it's like what just happened <laughs> did I I mean there's a lot of pressure down there it's possible yeah, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so I was 
I don't know. I, at this point, I was like, okay, if this is the, if this is it, show me, like, let's, let's make it intense. Like, let's do this. I was almost like, I don't know. I think I was just feeling really um, over being pregnant. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. feisty and just like really freaking ready. Um, So then I went to the bathroom and saw more mucus plug and this time with a bloody show. (gasps) So just like you said, you saw like a little bit of pink in the toilet. I saw that too. I literally took a picture of it. (laughs) So proud. I didn't grab it. I took a picture of it. (laughs) That was a better response. I have to say. (laughs) So I said to people, I was like, is that what this is? And she was like, looks like labor's starting so I was like oh my this is this is like the best thing ever I'm so excited on my due date no less yeah so I mean the contractions from that point picked up so quickly I mean it was just like they started um getting really intense really fast so I told my jola I called my OB to let her know because she had asked in advance to, for me to let her know when I went into labor so that she could let LND know that I was coming because of like my high risk classification and possible need for C-section. Can I ask you a quick question with that? Yeah. So since you were high risk, like, would she just come automatically or is it still like whoever's on call? Like she might not be there. So going, honestly, going into this, my understanding based on like my prenatal appointments, it kind of sounded like she was going to be there regardless. Oh, that's nice. Um, But I had also told her that if everything is going well, that I would be happy to slash love to have the hospital midwife there. Mm. So I kind of left that totally open um, because I honestly didn't really have a preference that I would just be happy with either. So, um, she, I guess, let everybody know that I was in labor. And at this point, my contractions had gone from like 15 to 25 minutes apart to like no contractions to five minutes apart. Wow. They did not feel like period cramps anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) So, my hope was to labor as long as possible at home. Um, and I feel like I, when it comes to listening to my body, I feel like I'm pretty good at that. And so I was pretty confident that I would know when it was time. Um, and so I was kind of timing my contractions, kind of not. I was just, everything about like labor felt very primal to me. And I was just kind of like going inward and listening to my body and seeing like what my body needed. Um, and then responding from there. So I lasted about an hour, um, at home after my water broke. And then I told my husband, like, we need to go. Yeah. This is, this is happening. Yeah. So, um, by the time we got in the car, my contractions were four minutes apart. Mm. And if you've ever ridden in a car having contractions, you oh. know, it's brutal. Yeah. Like literal torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. I only ever had one contraction in the car. And, oh my God. 
I just, I never want to experience well, it. I mean, I much. probably will, but I just don't, I'd many. rather not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Not fun. So we, we pulled into the hospital and I guess the way that like our labor and delivery floor works is you have to buzz in, in the lobby and then they come get you when your room is ready. And my room was not ready. I, oh. it was probably five minutes. It was not long at all, but I probably, I don't know, maybe it was 10 minutes. Cause I had a couple contractions standing in the lobby, which was really not fun because there were other people in the lobby and I was just like trying to breathe through them and not sound like I was dying right yeah. in front of all of these other people sitting in this nice lobby <laughs> it was just it wasn't cute <laughs> it's all right a lot um, of labor and birth is not cute it's very humbling <laughs> yes very humbling it's, that's a great way to put it <laughs> um and like at this point I could not talk through my contractions so I was just like standing there swing back and forth trying not to draw attention to myself yeah you're like don't mind me in the corner dying a little <laughs> um they finally took us back into the room and I saw that it was one with a tub and I literally could have cried oh. I was so happy um so we got into the room it was like 6 30 that night when we got in there and by the time that they had like kind of checked me in um and done that sort of stuff for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. My contractions were two and a half minutes apart. It ha just happened so fast and it was just getting so intense. Um, they wanted to put an IV in and I knew that I really wanted to avoid that if possible, especially since I wasn't planning to have an epidural, but I decided that they could put just like a help walk in just yep. in case of an emergency C-section because that was a possibility in my case, I just figured better safe than sorry. And at least it's there, but it's not hooked up to anything unless I need it. Um, so they did that and my doula arrived shortly after, and I just like wanted to get in the tub ASAP. Um, and it's so funny they say, or I always like heard this before being pregnant or while I was pregnant that like, most people get into this headspace when they're in labor that is just very primal and they don't care if people are like seeing them naked. And I remember thinking that I just like literally can't imagine not <laughs> caring. And then like, I literally like stripped down, like just had my bra on and like literally ran to the tub. Like I didn't, I didn't care whatsoever. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I could care less. Um, <laughs> the, the tub was literally the best thing though. I you had, you were in a tub for, for my first. Yeah. And it, it really, it, it makes all the difference. It really takes the edge off. Yeah. It's the best. I was so thankful that I got a room with a tub. Yeah. That's um, huge. So I was in like an interior room, which I feel like, I don't know under any other circumstance I wouldn't like, but the no window thing, um, was very cave-like which mm. I think is something that I was drawn to anyway in labor I wanted all of the lights off um my doula had brought little battery operated candles that she put around the tub in the bathroom as I was laboring there and that was like it was just very 
calm and peaceful and just, I don't know, I keep using the word primal, but it just, I wanted to like go into my little world and just like have like a little dark area and just kind of be left alone. Yeah. Like Uh, not much stimuli around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so later, I guess probably by at least seven or seven 30, um, I had been in the tub for a while. I didn't have like a desire to eat anything, um, in labor, but I was like, so thirsty. I, chugged so much water and so much ningxia it's not even funny um my husband like that was his like full-time job I feel like he just kept going back and forth to my hospital bag and like pouring in more ningxia and like pouring in more water Mm -hmm. um and I was just drinking like crazy um there are literally pictures of me in the tub like in between contractions just like chugging my water bottle (laughs) like I just couldn't get enough um so the tub in the hospital was interesting because I had never seen it before in person. I had like seen it in a little video that I watched online, but it's so hard to like get the, the feel of it if you're not in person. Um, and so that was an interesting thing position wise for me, um, because it was, it wasn't huge and it was like rectangular, whereas um, at the birth center, it was kind of like a big round tub. And so I feel like you had like freedom to move around in the tub. So I kind of had to figure out what was comfortable in this tub. Um, so I kind of ended up being in like a lunge position, um, trying to get as much of my body under the water as possible, because I'd read a lot about pain relief and labor. And it was my understanding that the more of your body that you have underwater, the more effective the pain relief is. So I was just trying to get as much of my body underwater as possible at that point. Um, and I got really, really warm. Um, probably after about an hour in the tub, the water was warm, which felt amazing for pain relief. But then I felt like I was almost having like hot flashes. I got so hot that I was like, okay, I need to get out of the tub. I want to try laboring like in the room, on the bed, standing up. I just want to try different positions. So that's where my doula was super helpful because at this point, um, thinking was hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was really leaning on her and my husband to kind of guide me. Like I knew what I wanted, like in terms of the important stuff. But at this point I was like, okay, give me options here. And then I'm going to tell you what I want to do or what I want to try next. So I got out of the tub and my doula was like holding a fan in my face. And, um, you know, my husband, Tyler was talking to me through contractions and kind of repeating things that I had told him in advance that I'm guessing I would probably need to hear. Um, like you are safe, you are loved, you're doing a great job. Like every contraction is one less contraction that you have to do going forward. And it's one contraction closer to meeting your baby, like all of these things. So he was super helpful in that regard. Um, just being, I don't know, just very encouraging, which I desperately needed Mm -hmm. as I went further into labor. 
Um, so I tried a lot of different positions. I tried standing. I tried to be like on my side in the bed. My doula got out a peanut ball for me. And I was kind of guessing that I might like that during labor, but cause that's like how I slept. Basically my whole pregnancy was with like a bunch of pillows between my legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, it was not comfortable and it almost felt like it made my contractions like much stronger. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, but for no, me, no, I think so. Yeah. Depends on I, what position you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So the peanut ball was a no go and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I like the tub. I would rather be hot than be in this much pain. So, um, I, was on the bed. It was probably like eight 30 at this point. And, um, the nurse who was kind of coming in and out asked if she could check me and I hadn't had a, a cervical track all pregnancy. I had never had one. And I was like hemming and hawing. And I decided to have her check me really just because I was curious yeah. and I was really hoping she would say like, Oh my gosh, you're nine. Like you're, you're so close. You're good to go. Because at this point I had like almost no time in between contractions. They were like, probably, I don't even know a minute apart if that. And so I felt like I touched my breath. I felt like I was close. So I was like, okay. So she checked me (laughs) and she told me that I was at a five. Oh, and I, I literally cried. Oh no. <laughs> and so my doula came over and she like got my face and she was like, I've seen people go from a five to holding their baby in 30 minutes. Don't think about the number. She, so that was very helpful. That is exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And it's Even true it because that happened to me. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. With Hadley. Yep. So oh, literally. That's right. Yeah. Because so I, I totally, I totally lost. I, once they told me, because I was like, I'm going through transition. I know I'm going through transition. And the nurse <laughs> like, let me check you. I should never let her check me. She's like, oh, you're just a five. And then I like lost, I like lost control. I was like, oh, and then it was just pure agony. But then, yeah, she was like about to be born. And so she was like, literally, I was like pushing in like 20 minutes. Yeah. So it happens. So wild. <laughs> so wild. Yeah. I mean, that's what I needed to hear. Even if it had taken six more hours or I mean easy for me to say right but like I feel like mentally I just needed to get through the next little bit of time um after hearing that because that kind of messed me up a little bit like it kind of got me out of a good headspace and mm. I really wish she had have checked me yeah <laughs> so, I going forward I might you know do things differently but it you know it was what it was and it's fine. But, um, she also said that his head was super, super engaged in my pelvis, which is probably why my contractions were so intense. Mm. Um, so I decided I was like, okay, I'm getting back in the tub because we could be here for a while. And that is what has been helping my pain so much. And even up to this point, um, I would say once I got back in the tub after she checked me, that's when transition started. But up to that point, I wouldn't consider contractions painful. Um, 
it's, they're just really intense or that's how they felt to me. Mm-hmm. And so I got back in the tub and I just felt by like about nine o'clock, something had totally shifted. And at the time I didn't know if I was in transition, uh, looking back 100% was in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the intensity was just kicked up. I had no time in between contractions. As soon as one was tapering off before it was even done, I had another one. Um, and I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. <laughs> and I, I remember I just kept telling my husband and my doula, I'm so tired. I'm, I just want to take a little nap and then I'll finish this. Like, I'm so tired. I just need to sleep. Obviously that's not possible, but almost like, you know, I don't know. And I also did say once, maybe twice, I can't remember. My husband would remember better, but I did say to him during transition, okay, I want an epidural. Yeah. I was like, I, I need it. I do not want to do this anymore. This is not fun. And he looked at me really calmly and he said, that's not what you want. He was like, you're doing great. And he just kind of like spoke life into me. And um, then I honestly felt so much better after that because I almost felt like I had to release that and like say it. Okay, I want an epidural. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, okay, I said it. I got that out of my system. Let's get back to work. How about that? That's cool. Which sounds so funny, but like, I just really felt like I just needed to say it and have somebody hear it. And then like, let's just move on. (laughs) Um, so 15 minutes later, this is when things got really, I mean, they really picked up 15 minutes later, I heard my doula come in and say to Tyler, um, she's sounding a little pushy. Oh, (laughs) like I'm ready to push. And I don't know if he knew that, but she, she totally hit the nail on the head because I am pretty sure I had been pushing in the tub for about 15 minutes, um, which unfortunately, like in my state, we like in a hospital setting can't give birth in a tub, um, which was like, uh, obviously a bummer. Right. Um, but I had been pushing or I almost feel like my body had been pushing. Um, I feel like my body had just kind of like taken over. So Mm -hmm. with each contraction, I was just kind of like feeling a lot of pressure. And so like, that's what was happening. Um, so I was basically doing everything in my power, not to tense up at this point, because this is when I started to really feel a lot of pain. And this is this was the point where I felt pretty out of control compared to the rest of labor. I feel like I basically had a pain-free labor up until transition. And then having the nurse tell me I was only five centimeters and then hitting transition and it got so intense, so fast. I really started to like lose it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And And I wasn't being good about like keeping my face really relaxed during contractions, keeping my noises low, um, 
all of the good things that like you learn that are really, really helpful for pain relief or to keep your body just not tense. Um, so that's kind of something that I would do very differently next time is really focus on how I handle transitions. Um, because that was definitely the hardest part for me. Um, so they started prepping the room as soon as my doula came in and said, she's sounding pushy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I guess she went and told the midwife and the, the nurses. Um, so while they set up the tub or while they set up the room, I labored in the tub a little bit longer. Um, and with one of the last pushes before I got out of the tub and I know I wasn't supposed to be pushing the tub and they told me, but you're like, don't mind me over here. My body literally just took Mike over. Squeak I, this baby. I, I know. Yeah. You can't stop it. You really can't. <laughs> so the last pushes I felt a pop and I'm pretty sure that like the rest of my water broke. Cause it was like kind of a steady leak before then. Um, but there was like a, a definite, um, pop and then like movement of water while I was in the tub. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got out of the tub as one was like finishing. And it was honestly probably like the funniest thing to watch. Um, my husband said that he like had never seen me move faster in my life because I knew that my contractions were on top of each other. (laughs) So I got out of the tub, basically half naked, um, wet, ran across the room to get on the bed before my next contraction came trying to dry myself off like trying to get ready for the next one um and so I knew I didn't want to push on my back unless I had to or unless well not really unless I had to but unless it felt right to me Mm -hmm. um so the nurse and the midwife kind of just looked like they were getting ready for me to push on my back and that's the position they kind of helped me get into and then I said no but honestly at that point like words were just really hard and so my husband kind of said she would really rather push on all fours which I didn't know what was going to feel good to me at the time Mm -hmm. um but that's just when I envisioned giving birth, that is just what kept coming into my mind. So I decided that that's where we would start. So, um, I was on all fours and I was like about nine 40, nine 45 at this point. Um, my body is pushing with contractions. I feel like I'm not even pushing. I mean, I am, but it's, it's hard to describe. I know exactly. Yeah. Body is pushing like, it's like I just forcing the baby out. Yeah. You're not really in control yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and my midwife, so the midwife ended up coming. It wasn't my OB. And I found out later it was just because I guess everything had happened so fast because I checked in at like six 30. Um, and in like three hours I was pushing. Wow. So it ended up being a midwife and so she was applying counter pressure on my lower back without every push. And that was life changing and life giving to me. <laughs> it felt so good. Um, my Jola was holding the fan in my face. My husband was speaking life and encouragement over me. Um, we had like worship music going in the back and it was just wonderful. It was just like beautiful. And honestly, this was my favorite part was pushing. 
And I feel like when a lot of people talk about, or when I've heard a lot of people talk about like labor and birth, pushing is like the scariest part, but it was, it brought me so much relief, truly. It felt like good almost. It felt so productive. Um, And isn't it crazy? Like literally from one, like your last contraction to push the baby down versus like your first pushing contraction. It is, it's a, just a night and day sensation. Like it, it feels completely different and it's, it's just so wild, you know? It is, it is. And I loved being able to feel that like, which sounds weird, but it, you can, I mean, I can, I don't know about you, but (laughs) I could feel everything obviously Mm -hmm. because it was unmedicated um but it felt I could feel the work that my body was doing basically Mm -hmm. it was just wild it's a little more tangible almost the pushing contraction yeah yeah no it's it's wild it's the coolest thing um so I will say one thing that I would have done differently or would have been more vocal about going into this that I really honestly didn't even think about was, um, coached pushing. Um, my midwife or the midwife that was there was definitely a little pushy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like that was not beneficial to me mentally or physically or in any capacity. And, I knew when I needed to push my body knew when I needed to push. And so to have somebody say, okay, push, push, push. It was kind of like ruining the moment almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I definitely um, going forward would do that differently or just make that known in my birth plan and just kind of avoid that next time. I think with like in the hospital setting, cause you know, epidurals are like the most common, right? Mm-hmm. I think because a lot of times, I mean, I've never, I've never had a, like uh, anytime I push a baby out, I can feel everything. So I don't necessarily know from experience, but I feel like just because you typically are fairly numb. I mean, I think by the pushing stage, you at least feel pressure when you have an epidural, but you, you almost like mm-hmm. kind of do like heads up contractions coming. It's kind of time to like bear down. But when you don't have that, like your body is just doing it. Like you can't stop it. You can't control it. Like no one needs to tell you when, like you, you're not even in control. So, cause that's, I've experienced that as well when they're, they were like, don't push. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> the baby's coming out that's funny. <laughs> I wish I could not, but you know, it's just not really on the table here. But so I think that's definitely like a, like a disconnect because when you're not numb, you really don't need a heads up when, <laughs> when to push. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So next time I would just kind of vocalize that. And cause now I know my body definitely knows. And now I know what it feels like. And I definitely know. So, right you know, it's so hard with your first two, cause you don't know what you don't know. And so like, you can prepare all you want, but you know, you just learn a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that. Um, so I pushed a couple more times and at 10 one, our son was born and I lifted him onto my chest and I was, it was, I mean, the best 
feeling in the world. He Yay. was, it was, um, it was just truly like the best experience. And I'm so thankful that it ended up working out the way it did, even with all of the unknowns and the complications. And I mean, the fact that, and even a couple of weeks later, um, the doctor who ended up removing the ovarian cyst six weeks postpartum, um, when we went in to see him for my pre-op appointment, he said um, that he was shocked actually that I was able to have a vaginal delivery um, because wow. everybody was basically, I feel like they were very encouraging of my wishes to have a vaginal delivery. Um, but I don't think they really believed that it was possible with my situation. Yeah. Um, so that was just, I was just very thankful that that ended up happening the way that it did. Was it also um, just so satisfying to prove them wrong? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just saying <laughs> yeah, it was amazing it's like yeah my body did that <laughs> like don't worry about my cyst I got this <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I did um like after I gave birth I told the midwife I was like do not pull the cord I want to you know, give birth to the placenta, like without any help, unless of course necessary. Um, so I definitely made that known because I had, I don't know, I feel like I just heard of other stories and I just wanted to make sure that that was made known. Um, and I feel like it came fairly quickly within 10 minutes after he was born, um, with like no issues there, but then I was bleeding more than they really wanted me to. Um, and so she said, well, let me stitch you up first. Cause I did have, she called it barely a second degree tear. Okay. Um, so she stitched me up and, um, then she said, okay, it's, so it's not from, you know, your tear. It's definitely, you know, you're bleeding more than we want you to be bleeding. And they suggested a shot of Pitocin in my leg. And this was another thing that I kind of wished that I had been more prepared for beforehand because I felt like I needed to make a quick decision that I didn't, that I hadn't done a lot of research on. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of looked to my doula and I looked to my husband. I was like, what, what do you think I should do? Like, I mean, because I was just over here in like newborn bliss and I was like, yeah. my brain not working. <laughs> so I ended up getting a shot of Pitocin in my leg and the bleeding was fine and, um, everything was fine after a little bit and I didn't hemorrhage or anything like that. Um, did you didn't. notice with the Pitocin like, shot, like, did you notice like a afterbirth cramps picking up or anything like that? Or did you, like, there was no difference really? I, I didn't. That's um, yeah. The, yeah, though, honestly, I just feel like for at least the first couple hours after I gave birth, I couldn't feel anything yeah. because I was like on this like high. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like it was very weird. 
it was no, scary. it's it's a real thing. Yeah. Cause all the endorphins, <laughs> yeah, are yeah. just flooded, like they flooded your body. And then the pain is like essentially absent, you know, once the baby's out compared to what it was before. So then you're just yeah. high on life. <laughs> totally. It's the best feeling. And I also told them that I wanted to let the cord completely stop pulsing before mm-hmm. the cord. Um, and my OB had, cause I told her that in advance, my OB had originally said, okay, that's great. Um, but you know, you can probably have like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Well, the sweet nurse that I had kind of just wrapped up the placenta in a sheet <laughs> and put it next to me in the bed. Aww. And we, I think we all kind of forgot about it until like an hour and 45 minutes later when they came oh, wow. to like and measure him. Um, and then remembered that he was still attached. So it was just the coolest thing to like cut it because it was completely white, completely like it was small and limp. And just, I was very grateful that we were able to do that. Um, so anyway, even though it wasn't the environment that I had envisioned for my birth, um, it was such a beautiful experience for me because like I said, it really stretched my muscles when it came to like surrender and lack of control and, um, controlling what I could control, but then trying my best to let go of what I couldn't control. Um, and you know, if I ever do have another hospital birth again, I know now that it is so possible to have a lower intervention on medicated birth and for it to be really beautiful with like a team who respects my wishes. And, um, I had basically everything that I would have had in the birth center and that I wanted just in a hospital setting. So I'm very grateful. It was just the best thing ever. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you could really hope for Yeah, in that situation, you know? Totally. So Um, with, um, with like any future babies now you could technically like go the birth center out, right. Or do you have to be in a hospital? You know, I'm guessing that I would be totally fine to go the birth center route, but I haven't had a conversation with like my doctor about that. Gotcha. Yeah. And honestly, after having such a positive hospital experience, I'm totally not against doing it in hospital again. If oh, I can, good. Have, you know, a doctor that I like and, you know, just the whole situation. Right. Well, man, I mean, that's best case scenario then. then you, <laughs> you're like, no matter what happens, I'm going to be fine. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I feel like that's just such a testament. Well, it's a testament to your strength. And also just a testament to how great your, like your team and your, the care that you received was because, you know, to go from having a completely different vision and it's still being this beautiful, incredible, you feel like you didn't necessarily lose out on anything experience that you would do it all over again. I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really, really thankful. Super thankful. So it's just the best. I'm very excited to do it again. I know birth is the best. And you forget how hard it is. 
<laughs> and you just think about like, oh, when they land on my chest, it's going to be the best thing ever. But it really is so short that the time that it's so difficult. Yeah. is so it's brief, like, but yeah, totally. <laughs> and how old is Thor now? Is he like six? He's five months old. Five months old. Okay. Oh my <laughs> goodness. He's getting right. So like the, I mean, it's always fun, but I feel like six months when they start eating and then they start like sitting up and they just like bursting with personality. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. I'm so excited. I feel like <laughs> you know, every day now, like his world is exploding all of a sudden. It's Aww. so, yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much. This was so great. I mean, I, I kind of knew your story, but I didn't know all the details. So I was like loving just hearing every detail. Birth stories are my favorite. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. And I feel like it's just such an encouraging story. If there's, you know, another mom out there who either wants like absolutely to have a hospital birth, like they're not trying to look at other options, but they really do want to go low intervention, unmedicated. Like, I feel like that's so encouraging. And then especially for, you know, people like us who maybe that wasn't their first choice, but they kind of, it's just what it is. It's just very, it's very encouraging to me too. So, um, so I just really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing with us. Well, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. Well, tell Tyler and Soren, we said hello and, and Moose, of course. <laughs> yeah. I can't forget Moose. <laughs> I will. And uh, thank you so much again for coming on. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right, friends. So I hope that you enjoyed that birth story. I loved hearing it. I loved all the details. I am such a birth story junkie, you guys. And I know that I will be listening to a ton of them in this pregnancy, as long as they're positive, because that is such a great way to prep for birth. If you have, or if you're pregnant right now, especially if you've never given birth before, hear me out, listen to as many positive birth stories as your brain can possibly absorb. Hearing all of the positives, hearing even, you know, hearing that it's hard, but you know, they got through it and it's beautiful and all these things. It really helps to train your brain to not be afraid. And fear is like your biggest enemy when it comes to birth, because if you are afraid, if you feel unsafe, or if you feel uncomfortable, your body is literally going to release hormones that counteract what you want to be happening in labor. It's going to slow things down. It's going to make it more painful. So the more relaxed you can be, the more at peace you can be, the more you can just take things as they come, the better off you will be. But that is it for today's episode, week 14 and Marta's birth story. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll be diving into um, the next couple weeks of my pregnancy. And I think we'll bring Matt back. Let him chat with you guys for a little bit. (laughs) So make sure to give this podcast a five-star rating if you are enjoying listening to it. That's how other mamas out there can find this podcast and, you know, be able to listen to it and join us. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you or hear you listen to you. What am I saying? <laughs> Literally my toddler just ran in and is standing right next to me. So I'm a little distracted, but we will catch you in next week's episode. All right. Bye.